Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Larry H. Russell, host of Celtics Beat and author of Follow the Boston Celtics. Thank you yet again for downloading the number one podcast on the web, which covers the NBA's winningest franchise, Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio truly values your patrons. Because of your loyalty to making Celtics Beat the most downloaded weekly Celtics podcast online, we would love to offer a free copy of my critically acclaimed book available at clnsradio.com slash book. That's clnsradio.com slash book. Happy reading and enjoy today's broadcast. Today is Sunday, November 13th, 2016. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio, and I am Larry H. Russell. Thank God we do this show once a week and not once a day or, God forbid, multiple times a day. We already do that here at CLNS, just not here on this channel. Uh, You know, nothing on paper. uh, Nothing changed since this past Sunday. Celts came into last week's show, a game over 500. So let's come into this week's show. A game over 500, but uh, you cannot really look at that on paper. To say that they were ups and downs is not only a stale cliche and an understatement, it's, uh, it's well, it's a stale cliche and an understatement, but there were some ups and downs this week. Uh, downs, then way down, and then a little up, and then, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but uh, very few times do we do any kind of mailbag here. However, the tweets and emails kept coming in, and, and they were coming in hard, especially midweek, especially after that Washington game, that debacle of a game. And not even I could get to all of them this week. That's how many there were. So I'll actually get to a good chunk of them here, as, as many as I can, because, you know, we don't have all day. You only have an hour of your day, and we also have to allot some time of a week to our featured guests. It was someone you're going to want to hear from and uh, see, this This actually ties hand-in-hand, hand too. Uh, it was actually this week, one of our listeners who, uh, he indirectly led me to shaping this show the way I did. Because last week, I got a little heat for not talking about Jalen Brown's game against the Cavs. Okay, so I said, all right, let's talk to someone who is the most connected man of Jalen in the association. Let's bring him on here. And that's being Jalen's mentor. Isaiah Thomas, yes, that Isaiah Thomas, two-time NBA champion, one of the 50 greatest NBA players in history, former Detroit Piston, current NBA TV analyst Isaiah Thomas. He will be our featured guest here. So, mailbag, Zeke, and uh, 
we're going to bring back around the NBA in five. It's been a while, but that's that's back today. And, oh, also a new contest announcement to win Celtics tickets. That's all coming up on episode number 183 of Celtics Beat, which this week is being presented by Audible. Go to audible.com, an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. And to get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial, go to audible.com slash try now, www.audible.com slash try now. And Movement Watches, mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. To get 15% off your first order with free shipping and free returns. I mentioned the contest. Yes, I'm going to announce a new contest coming up later in the show. Do want to pitch our ongoing contest real quickly. You know, I'm sure many of you know, but for those who do not, win two tickets to see the Celtics take on the Detroit Pistons on November 30th at the TD Garden. Subscribe, rate, and review Celtics Beat on iTunes. Sound like three long steps. It's not. It takes no more than 30 seconds of your time. Subscribe, rate, and write a review for Celtics Beat on iTunes. I, I know every podcast under the sun asks for ratings and reviews on iTunes, but they are very important to, to what we do here at Celtics Beat. You want to see us keep getting guests like Isaiah Thomas a-listers, other A-listers that we get here on the number one podcast on the web, which covers the NBA's winningest franchise. Please, please help support us in a small way. And yes, those ratings and reviews don't seem like much. Everybody asks for them, but they do go a very, very long way. Even if you don't live in the area, I would love if you would just leave us a rating and review. But if you do, enter the contest, win a pair of tickets, uh, Celtics tickets, see the Detroit Pistons on November 30th. That is going to be an interesting game, no? Trying to see the Celtics combat that size. Andre Drummond, the rest of the Pistons, uh, because for those of you who have not been watching, and I like to think there are very few of you out out there who are, but for those of you who have not been watching, uh, there were certainly times this week in which the Celtics uh, utterly exposed. Wow, you hate to use that word, but uh, I, I, you know... Okay, hold on. Train of thoughts here. Pause, pause button uh, in reference of the new NES control. We're hitting pause. You know, I feel like there's, there's two ways to look at it. For one, hey, they're 5-4. and four. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. They have some good wins. I know Paul George didn't play last night. Road win in the NBA, good win. They won down in Charlotte. They beat the Bulls. They've dealt with injuries. Their defense... We all expected to get better. It's been subpar thus far. It's creeping up a little bit. I don't know. I checked them this morning. Were they like 26? It's better than dead last what they were going into that Knicks game. It's been much better five of the last six quarters. I'll say that. So they're treading water early on here. Yes, they've had some breaks in the schedule. Thank you very much, Paul George, making sure that ankle is healed. But, uh, you know, I said in the season preview show, uh, no, not the 60-win prediction, which I am on the cusp of retracting, which, uh, you know, yeah, I can do, my show. But, uh, no, I, I always felt, you know, looking at the first fifth of the season, which is the opener to Thanksgiving, to gauge what you felt would be the team's weaknesses heading into the season, which I felt would be the bench, which, save for last night, great to see Terry Rozier, who finally had a good game. He's been a disappointment uh, thus far, but Rozier and Young, I mean, James Young, he gave them much-needed scoring, both of them, and... You know, it's it's odd that we aren't talking about this, but save for last night, the bench has been pretty bad. In fact, it's just about has been as bad as you can be. Is you know, 
all virtually all the lineups are are all net negatives on. You know, I was watching that Knicks game on Friday, and it, you know, it turned out to be great. But you know that was coming on the heels of that Washington debacle, the word I used earlier. And Brad makes the lineup change. Starters get off to a great start. Then the bench comes in, and they go like eight minutes without a field goal. Eight long minutes. And the only reason why it stayed as close as it did is because the Knicks bench is equally as, uh, as, was equally as pathetic. But uh, back to what I've been saying here. Use the, force, the, the first portion of the season to gauge on team weaknesses. And, you know, see that hopefully uh, they will not be team weaknesses. But thus far they have been, the bench. And <laughs> uh, rebounding. Oh, my. Uh, what? How do we talk about this without coming across as just... I mean, you have to be blunt. They, they suck. Uh, you know, I remember I mean, there was just a huge red flag comment that Brad Stevens made after the Bulls game, second game of the year on TNT. After that game, he said, our bigs need a box out so that way the guards can come in and clean up. And it's like, you know, that's a comment that is a surrender that our bigs can't rebound, <laughs> which means that, you know, the team probably can't rebound. I mean, no, I do not want to see little 5'2", 110-pound, fragile enough as is Isaiah Thomas bouncing off trees. Uh, but none of the biggest can rebound, and none of them are. Well, last night was much better, but none of them are boxing out, which Al Horford, when he comes back, we forget, not a good rebounder. Tyler Zeller can't rebound. Kelly Olenek, not a good rebounder. Amir Johnson. Uh, Amir is, uh, I, you know, okay, he had a nice game last night, but I mean, Amir, I said this the other day on our Facebook page. Amir is the most flagrant offender of not boxing out. I have ever seen. Kevin Garnett was pretty bad. Amir Johnson is, I think, the worst at that. I mean, him during that Knicks game, he got the crowd booing. There was that stretch where the Knicks come up with, like, five offensive rebounds. The crowd starts scathing with the boos. I think it was Herman uh, Gomez, too. Amir's just chilling on the block on a free throw. And I, w- I would have joined that the, that chorus of boos. And, I mean, you know, listen, he's a he's, you know, good pick-and-roll defender. And he gives you some versatile defense, but... If Amir can't rebound, I mean, what in the blue hell would be his purpose? Because, you know, maybe he gives you a night like last night here and there, but it's just that. It's here and there. If he can't rebound, I just do not know what he can, what else that he can offer that's significant enough for him to really be a positive player. I mean, Horford, not the best rebounder, but, you know, Olenek too. They can offer what they offer. I mean, Amir, uh, I don't know. It, it's why it's why I've been saying this, that you can you know, it, this can only be rectified by a trade. And, and and yes, I know that the brass, the Celtics front office, they knew this was going to be an issue coming into the year. But but this is something that's just so bad that I think it's having this trickle-down effect on the team. And they have to try and fix this. And I know it's something that generally comes at a premium. And, it, you know, it's not like baseball. Like, say a baseball team, you got a great team, and the, the bullpen is a little sketchy. It's not like you can just go out and pick up a guy that can get lefties out for something, like for a player to be named later. Uh there aren't many guys out there, and, and it's going to cost something. But uh, this is the only avenue the Celtics have, and, and you're not going, you're not getting it on the waiver wire. And it's just highly doubtful that this is going to be fixed internally. So I think Boston has to rectify this because I was listening to uh, the post game show after the Knicks game. Uh, Patrick Gilroy is on it, and, and he brought up such a great point 
about the importance of this franchise to continue to make positive and progressive steps as Danny's long-term plan kind of depends on. I mean, really entirely having to do with free agency, which seems to be the only means of acquiring star players now. Star players just do not seem to be getting traded anymore. Other teams are just not trading them. And if they are out there, it's free agency. And yeah, I mean, you know, there may be, you know, oh, well, they're not going to win the championship there anyways. Don't have that train of thought. It's just very important to have the image that the Celtics team is on the cusp of one. So not building off of 48 wins last year, that is, in the words of Bill Belichick, that's uh, that's not what we're looking for. But, um, you know, suffice to say, with just an absolutely jam-packed mailbag, we're going to have to get into a little further detail today about all this because there's not anyone out there in Celtics Nation who is not concerned over the rebounding or lack thereof in some capacity. You know, I mean, even after last night's 47-40 to victory on the boards against the Pacers, who are a team that struggles enough as is with offensive rebounds. But the Celts, I mean, they're still just about last in every relevant rebounding category. Last night allowed them to just barely creep over 70% for a defensive rebounding rate. That's, that's like that's Shaquille O'Neal free throw uh, as a parallel. Um, but you know, I said, give it two weeks to look at it. You can look at it that way. And then, you know, there is sort of the glass half full one way. Hey, still five and four with all that's gone down. Al Horford should be back in a very winnable game Monday in new Orleans. I'll be joined by David Wesley on the Celtics pregame show tomorrow for that. But the big one, whether he makes it back by the golden state game or not, uh, Jay Crowder, and we know the Celts caught a huge break last night with Paul George shutting it out because uh, when uh, Crowder has not played, opposing wings have just absolutely mauled the Celtics this year. You can go back to last year when Crowder sprained his uh, right ankle. Paul George, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, all in succession. They absolutely lit the Celtics up in those in three bad losses. Uh, you know, go back to Sunday, Gallinari and the ghost of Wilson Chandler uh, actually kind of had their way with the Celts. And uh, Otto Porter. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, yes, Marcus Smart did a good job getting under his skin to get him ejected in some, in some way. But he had, I think it was like 12 points in 11 minutes, I believe. So the George injury was a big break last night. Credit to the Celts for capitalizing on it. But Crowder coming back is really going to help uh, shore things up, particularly defensively, which, yeah, getting better. They're playing much harder. Avery Bradley has been talking about the effort game after game. But it's, uh, you know, this uh, Indiana still had a pretty good quarter, opening quarter last night. Knicks had two good quarters uh, against the Celtics. You know, the five of the last six quarters have been good, but still has not been awesome. But yes, five and four, very strange five and four. With all that's gone wrong, that's sort of just made us browse over what has gone right. I mean, you know, look, you look up, you see the Celtics have the third best offense in the NBA nine games in. Now, like the defense, except it's just in reverse, we're going to kind of see a little bit of regression of the means a little bit. I, mean, I said to Nick Gelso, who actually re- reiterated what I said last night on the ESPN New Hampshire Celtics pregame show, he said it on air, um, you know, the Celts have been playing bottom-of-the-barrel defensive teams recently. Pacers, Knicks, Nuggets, Wizards. So that's going to make the offense look a little better than it should be because at times, I mean, from what I watch, the half-court execution gets a little very skittish. Uh, you know, go back to the Washington game when they got into that big hole and Isaiah Thomas just starts, you know, driving, you know, out of control, I thought. Uh, but it's unquestionably been much better than last year. And, and that's uh, even before you see Al Horford return, which uh, where... You know, him, the, him with the starters, that's been a dominant unit. But but the execution, actually, at the end of games last night, very impressed. Um, I, I think that continuity that I talked about before the year, 
that continuity that they've had now the last few years. You hate you, you know using these cliches, but you can just see this group is they are much better at knowing how to win. Cliche, I know, but you know whatever that means, we know what it means, uh, and that is just going to help them win more games. You know <laughs> that goes without saying, <laughs> but that's going to help them tread water here as as they do whatever they can to sort out some of these major major issues that they have. But end of game execution, much better. Uh, you know, still not great. Or just you know, the Wizards game, I thought. Now, you know, that wasn't end of game execution, but uh, you know, when things were going bad, they they did not maintain good composure. I alluded to it earlier, but you saw the team; they got out of their rhythm and they they lost a lot of patience offensively. But the chemistry has developed the last two and a half years, no doubt. They should be able to win games like last night, or even you know, back to that win that they had in Charlotte, where they came on strong at the end. That seems like a lifetime ago now. Which that was a great win, but. As I said earlier, they're road wins. Road wins in the NBA, no matter where they are, Paul George or no Paul George, are good wins. So, all right, enough of that. Um, I just got word because just got word that Zeke is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Here, he's going to be calling us from his car ride home. I just got a text, and we should be uh, getting ready to roll uh, here soon. So, I may as well start transitioning here. And uh, uh, this past week, a lot of you reached out to me on email, Twitter. Uh, Facebook everywhere, and I, you know, I couldn't get to everyone. I'm personally, I'm very busy up until Thanksgiving. That's why we have no guests on every single show uh, for the pregame show. But, you know, I, I felt, you know, it was only fair to respond to some here. So here's what we're gonna do. We now have Isaiah Thomas on standby here. So I'm actually going to bookend this with our featured guest segment with the mailbag because it was this very tweet that I received after last Sunday's show that encouraged me to put this show together the way I did. So, drum roll, at Steve Wilson underscore, at Steve underscore Wilson underscore 81. How long are you going to wait until you admit you're dead wrong about Jalen Brown? You didn't acknowledge him at all today. Okay. Uh, should be very fair to Steve and mention that this tweet, of course, was sent the day of last week's show, which was coming on the heels of his big outburst against LeBron James on TNT. But Steve, my man, first off, thank you for your service. Now that I have a chance, and I have to say that no matter what me or everyone thinks of Jalen when evaluating him or anyone on the South this year, this is stating the obvious, but if he has a great game or even a god-awful game, which he's racked up a few of them recently— Avoid game-to-game overreactions. Remember, his huge game in Cleveland was coming off a pretty abysmal performance the night before against the Bulls. And now that you know, you've seen him move from the starting lineup, and I think when Jay Crowder comes back, and if you know if James Young can do a little what he did last night, he may run the risk of falling out of the rotation for the time being. But I'm not going to use this as a see. I told you show because no one wants to be proved wrong uh, more on him more than me. And I'm, I'm going to go to Zeke very shortly here, as I just got word he's with us now. I still hold the opinion of Jalen that I do, and I sincerely hope that no one wants me to be, you know, be wrong about that draft pick more than me. And you have my word on that. And you got a green light on my end to say that of what you will if I am. But, okay, let's now speak to Jalen Brown's mentor himself, a two-time NBA world champion, one of the 50 greatest players in basketball history, and now working for NBA TV as an analyst and catch him on NBA TV's Game Time Studio show, Isaiah Thomas. And our interview with Zeke is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino makes made-to-measure suits and shirts that fits you perfectly at an incredible price. They only use the finest fabrics, and you get to customize the details you want, including your linings, labels, personal monogram, and more. Here's how it works. Visit their Boston showroom at 85 Newberry Street. Pick from dozens of fabric colors and patterns. Choose all your customizations. Get measured by a style guide. Kick back, relax, and get ready to step into a perfectly fitting suit in just four weeks Get a made-to-measure suit that fits you perfectly instead of a generic off-the-rack ripoff. 
Listeners of Celtics Beat, you can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention the code Celtics at the Boston Indochino showroom. That's right. Over 50% off on a suit valued at over $800. Go to Indochino.com to book your appointment at their Boston showroom and get any premium suit for just $389 when you mention the code Celtics. You won't beat this deal anywhere. Okay, Zeke, do not know if you heard me there uh, a few minutes ago, but we've been talking a bit about Jalen Brown. And, um, you know, not sure if you caught tonight's game or last night's game, whatever you want to refer to as, because I think the whole league played tonight. And I know you were watching, but uh, Jalen logged only seven minutes. But, um, Zeke, uh, basically no better way for me to ask you, what do you think thus far? Well, I, I love that, um, you know, as a rookie, he's come in and he's getting um, – you know, playing time, you know, on a on a playoff team and a team that's expected to go deep in the playoffs. And, um, you know, the, the coach trusts him. Uh, he's playing uh, in some end-of-the-game situations. And I like the way he's developing. Uh, his outside shot uh, has gotten significantly better. Um, I've, I've known Jalen for a while, uh, so I know his work ethic is is extremely high. Uh, we talk often, and, um, you know, he's committed to staying in the gym and getting better. And um, I'm glad that he's with the Celtics. He's with a great organization, with a great coach, and he's also uh, with a great GM. I'm going to give you a stupid question right off the bat as well, make it back-to-back. Sorry to do this, but it sort of gives me a chance to elaborate on how you're talking about that the Celtics are a winning team. And how would you say, as a former executive and player yourself, how much easier it is for players to develop on winning teams? You use Kawhi Leonard as a comparison because that's who Jalen was compared to in past. And, of course, he was very fortunate enough to be drafted by the Spurs or traded to the Spurs for his draft rights. Could you go into further detail about the benefits for Jalen that he's here in Boston instead of, say, Brooklyn, who the original pick was going to be owned by? Well, you you, you learn good habits, and uh, you get a chance to practice good habits, and, and every game matters. And, you know, winning does matter. Uh, you know, I know we're in an era where uh, everything is, is, is judged by uh, points, rebounds, and assists, and, uh, you know, we don't weigh, uh, you know, the column of winning heavy enough but, you know, for us who compete for championships and who have won championships, winning does matter. And being in a, an organization that uh, emphasizes winning and their focus is on winning, uh, you know, he's, he's learning that every game matters. He plays uh, every game hard. And, um, you, know, the, you know, the win and loss column does matter. So, it's, um, you know, he's fortunate to be uh, in the Celtics uniform and in the Celtics organization. You're actually talking to one of the biggest skeptics, and I admit, a very close-minded skeptic because I did not watch Jalen at Cal, and God forbid, I do not have any semblance of a relationship that someone like you had and have had with him thus far. So Isaiah, I mean, I have to say the primary reason I got here to sort of quell my skepticism that I've taken some heat from many of my listeners, but basically, I should probably just tell you, and I'll make it short, I was concerned that... The only thing I heard about around the draft with Jalen was that it was nothing but his athleticism and that he was a great kid. Athleticism, great kid. And it was very little about his production or concrete basketball skills that he had possessed. You had the workout with Jalen, aired on NBA TV right before the draft. So it's a very open-ended question here. What really sold you on him? Is it really just this so-called NBA body and how impressive he is intellectually? Or are there some other concrete skills that you think are going to translate for him into the NBA? Well, you know, when you talk about him intellectually, uh, you know, I'm, I believe uh, mental is the physical as four is to one. Uh, you win with smart people. 
And uh, if you look at any of those Celtics teams that have won championships, um, their basketball IQ and intellectually they were off the charts. So we start there with, uh, you know, you, you, you want smart people uh, on your basketball team. Uh, and then, of course, you want them to have the, the athleticism and the skill, which he, he definitely has. And then there's a work ethic that goes along with it. Uh, so, you know, he, he maxes out in all the boxes. So, you know, you're looking at someone who was drafted at 19 that has the ability, uh, you know, every year to continue to get better. Uh, you, you, you're not looking at a finished product by, by no means, but uh, what you're looking at right now uh, is very exciting if you can project it uh, several years out. You know, Zeke, some things uh, many casual basketball fans aren't aware of was, was you as an executive not only drafting McGrady, uh, Marcus Camby, Damon Stoudemire. You, you were really high on Kevin Garnett. I read a great story with you in our good friend Jonathan Abram's book over the summer about you advising your former adversary, Kevin McHale, to pick him. And you had some good selections at the back ends of the draft, you know, Nate Robinson, David Lee. And you've been very effective at being able to identify talent when the pressure is on you as an exec and maybe when it's not as an analyst. But... Take me into being able to judge something like Jalen's work ethic. Uh, it's it's very easy to see concrete skills, and I like to think that it's easy to get swindled in that measuring intangibles like work ethic and dedication when a guy like him is so well-spoken. But when you barely know these kids as a GM, and, and you've been in these shoes before, how can you really judge their own mettle and desire to get better when all you really have are a few hours of a workout and an interview, which Jalen, which is something I would think Jalen is really good at? Well, you, you, you rely a lot on uh, observation. It's not necessarily a, you know, a few hours in an interview. You, you've observed someone uh, over a period of years, uh, so you get a chance to uh, see their body of work from, you know, from high school to college uh, to, to the NBA. Uh, so uh, most of these uh, players that, that burst on the scene, uh, most GMs have, uh, you know, they, they have years of, of observation on these players, not just, um, you know, a couple of months uh, of, uh, you know, uh, tournament time. Did he really let you on anything on why he was, why his production level was so low at Cal last year? You know, in, in, in college, you're able to evaluate, um, you know, the, the coach's system and, and the style of play, you know, all those things come into play uh, when you're evaluating a player and you, you look at how that player would fit in another system. Um, you know, so um, you, you, when you when you're looking at players, you also have to take into account uh, what the coach's philosophy is, uh, what type of offense they're running, um, and you you're able to judge and and uh, pick through uh, some of the things that you like, some of the things that you don't like, but you're evaluating a, a whole uh, scope of things as opposed to just looking at the individual. I'll give you a little twofold question, and it's really fun. I can be, and you can be real quick on it too. It's really to put you on the spot. What do you feel is his long-term end game in the NBA? And then, of course, I think this year he's been in the rotation thus far. What do you feel that he'll be contributing to those, towards the Celtics as we get towards the month of March and April? That that depends on um, you know how uh, Coach Stevenson sees sees his development, and um, you know he's developing um, you know very well. Um, and it depends on, you know, if he, he keeps improving. Uh, but, you know, if he's getting uh, meaningful minutes and, and playoff games, um, you know, I think anyone would be happy with, with having a, a rookie like, like that um, who's had a chance to get some playoff experience and also uh, play some meaningful minutes. Um, you know, most of the players that I've drafted, um, 
I believe all the players that I've drafted, um, you know, have either won championships uh, in the NBA, uh, played playoff minutes uh, in the NBA, um, or been on playoff teams. So I don't. So if you can if you can draft a player uh, and they get you know playoff minutes or win championships or on a championship team, you've done a good job in the draft. Zeke, I know you got to run, but I got to ask you this to wrap it up. You know, a lot of Boston fans, they may view, as, view you as a former rival once upon a time, but you actually have some incredible relationships and tie-ins with his Celtics teams. Of course, Isaiah Thomas. But So how about a brief little Celtics outlook as we sit here just about halfway through November? I, I think the future is very bright. I, I think uh, this year, um, you know, as the team keeps improving, uh, you know, you, your top three teams in, in the East um, – would probably be uh, Cleveland, Toronto, and Boston. Uh, depending on uh, injuries on, on any given night, uh, those three teams are capable of beating each other. And in the seven-game series, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, the Celtics have, uh, you know, two of my favorite players, uh, Isaiah and Jalen. So you can't go wrong with those two. And, and before Evan Turner left, you had uh, Evan, who went to my high school at St. Joe's and actually wore number 11. So... Uh, I like the Celtics, and they're doing well. How's that? <laughs> they helped they help to get them paid, too. Isaiah Thomas, two-time NBA champion for the Detroit Pistons, one of the 50 greatest players in basketball history, and now providing his analysis for Turner Sports and NBA TV. You can follow him on Twitter at I am Isaiah Thomas, I-S-I-A-H. Catch him on NBA TV's Game Time. Zeke, thanks so much for stopping by CLNS Radio. Hey, you're welcome, and good luck. Back after this. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about Movement Watches. Movement Watches, if you haven't heard of this company, it started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So what did they do? They started their own company. Guys after my own heart, that's for sure. I love young entrepreneurs. As you know, CLNS Radio was founded by a bunch of Celtics fans way back in 2009. And from there, we started a a company that made a career out of it. So we can absolutely relate to the owners of Movement Watches. And let me tell you, I purchased the Chrono Gunmetal Watch. This watch is so sleek, so cool, black stainless steel. It's light, it's versatile, it's great for dress occasions, or even casual affairs. A little bit more about movement watches. They start at $95. I purchased the Chrome Gunmetal watch for under $100. And I know with the watch I purchased, you're looking at $400 to $500 in a department store. So give yourself a big discount off a watch right in time for the holidays. You can get 15% off today with free shipping. And if you don't like the watch, guess what? You can return it for free. All you have to do is go to movement watches.com slash Celtics beat. Wait a second. Even the name is cool. It's spelled www.mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics beat. Now is the time to step up your watch game, folks. And I can tell you, since I got the Chrono Gunmetal watch, I've been getting complimented left and right. Get your 15% off. Get your free shipping. No risk involved. You can return the watch if you don't like it. And you're also supporting Celtics Beat Podcast and CLNS Radio. Again, go to mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. You know, in the lead up to this show, and many of you heard about Zeke coming on with us today, I I got a few... um and I, I don't know how to put this nicely, but I think there were some old-time fans who reviled those dirty bad boy Pistons. 
Uh, I will leave it at that and let you draw your own conclusions. But see, uh, my childhood memories of Zeke were from NBA Jam when it took on all comers at Dream Machine in the Watertown Mall using the Pistons. And Isaiah was my man, just using him, running to the lower right-hand corner and just firing away, swish, 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 all game long, jacking up corner three after corner three after corner three. That's all it was. And those times, you just you knew they were going into it. Like when, you know, unless I had an uncontested dunk with Lambeer, it was just get it back to Zeke, A button, net, get those three in a row, get the ball on fire. There were a lot of LHR victims. There, there may even be some listening to the show now, some twenty years later, huh? But uh, I, I have fond childhood memories of Zeke that were uh, that made me more than forgive for the '91 playoffs when Mikhail got screwed in the goaltending call in Detroit, and I cried my eyes out after the game. One of my very first vivid memories of being a Celtics fan. But any of you '90s kids who grew up in NBA Jam in the arcade would understand. But I, again, I. I really want to thank Zeke for joining us here at this early hour. Uh, to reiterate, you can see Isaiah on NBA TV's Game Time Studio Show, providing highlights, analysis, and the latest news from around the league. Check your local listings or NBA.com for further information. But, yeah, had him in his uh, car ride home from the NBA TV studio after watching this slate of Saturday evening's games, including not sure how much he was able to, to watch the, the Celtics game there, coming away with that win in Indiana. Uh, we did you know, have him in his car here late night or actually even early morning, actually, uh, on his way home. And you know what? We did it, like I said. Uh, the the grief I was taking for, for Jalen Brown at the time. Uh, so I said, you know what? I guess those who participate, those who listen week after week and open up a dialogue, be it on Facebook or Twitter, uh, you can directly or indirectly contribute to how these uh, shows are shaped out. Uh, but, you know, like I said, we're going to go back to the mailbag here. We're still on Twitter. Uh, at Gilly Conway, you forgot Rondo Allen. I love ABIT, but I don't know, man. Uh, well, you know, early in the week, it wasn't really looking like a good week to defend the claim I made on the Thomas and Bradley backcourt last week. Uh, but, you know, it, although, it, you know, Isaiah, he's certainly uh, really taken the meter, leadership mantle to heart. And both had great games last night. Uh, really nice bounce back game, especially two for Isaiah against the Knicks after Wednesday's debacle for one. But, Gilly, it was not the fall of my memory uh, from the past week. Remember Ray's peak? never coincided with Rondo's peak. Rondo was more of a component when Ray was playing at an all-star level and vice versa to some extent. I believe they were only all-stars the same year for the 2011 season. And that's actually when their relationship really started to go south. So that's why I said what I said last week and never once considered the Rondo-Ray backcourt. But I, I do give you credit, though. You are not the only one um, uh, who, who hit me up on various social media outlets this past week challenging me for my statement. Okay, uh, Rajiv or Rajiv, i Hope I didn't pronounce mispronounce the name, so I covered the bases a little bit by uh, you know saying it twice. This from the Facebook page, a little longer message, so I kind of condensed it a little bit. The latest news of Horford not progressing through the concussion protocol was so predictable to me. I have no confidence that Jay Crowder will return his plant or healed, and can already tell that Smart is still struggling with his ankle. At some point, the cells have to make a change. How does Horford get a concussion this bad? And it took the staff several days to actually diagnose it. It's actually absurd either how bad or how deceptive our medical staff is. Larry H., I know you are with me on this one, but our defense is not the only thing that needs to be fixed. Rajiv, uh, I agree. L.H. Russell, Radio.com. This is from Shannon. Shannon, LHR, why does it always seem like Marcus Smart goes one for six from three? Uh, Shannon, you sent me this email a little earlier in the week because uh, as soon as you did, Smart lit it up against Washington that night. But for the sake of responding to your email, and I know... 
he gets a little aggressive. Like when you know, when he comes out of the gate hot against the Knicks on Friday, there were some shots at the end of the quarter there where it was like, come on. I mean, you're the last guy that should be doing heat check shots. But I mean, for the sake of responding to this email, the real reason you see Smart take so many three-pointers and have nights when he misses a lot of them uh, is because the defense gives him those shots. So it's up to him to make them. And it's really just going to screw the offense up if he starts passing it up and stagnates the ball movement uh, if he will not take a wide-open look. You know, a lot of folks like to mention some lesser effective shooters in years past at the guard position for the Celtics. at Dennis Johnson, Kenny Anderson, uh, Rondo, of course. But uh, the difference with Smart is he plays off the ball. So unless he can develop skills for a point guard that we thought he had coming out of Oklahoma State, it's virtually impossible for him to mask his shooting or lack thereof because he's going to have he's off the ball. So it, it really have to hope that new form on his jump shot uh, begins to pay dividends over the course of the season and his career, to, to say the very least. Julio from JP, LHR, you talked trade targets the last few weeks. Who specifically did you have in mind? Uh, well, it did specifically reference Denver's two Balkan big men on last Sunday's pregame show, especially Jokic. I am uh, very fond for passing big men, and his his passing is certainly pleasing and entertaining uh, from, from a fan standpoint. Uh, unfortunately, from what we have been gathering after we made those statements on last week's episode and, and Denver came into town last Sunday night, neither Jokic or Nurkic uh, they actually neither of them had a big game, but however, the word is that it's going to take an arm, leg, and probably a couple testicles to acquire either one of them. So, not sure Boston is going to look at that route. But don't rule out Denver entirely. I mean, you know, the guy has only been traded at the Celtics uh, in, in hypotheticals by fans about a million times. But boy, Kenneth Fareed, uh, if there was ever a time, now is the time. He's on the bench for Denver. I mean, what about here? Do you make a play for him and then move Horford to the center, which is something that Al has resisted throughout his career and does not want. He signed here to play power forward and have Kelly Olenek start. But man, if this rebound continues to, to be as abysmal as it is, I mean, the brass in this instance, if you can get a, a power forward like Fareed who can gobble him up the way he does, You'd have to go to Al and say, listen, we're bringing in a power forward that can get the, re- the ball, and you're going to have to move uh, position. Because other than that, I mean, what trade options are there are out there? Nor- Norwin's Noel is that's the common name. You hear it all the time. God forbid I don't even want to get into the DeMarcus Cousins stuff. But it is not December yet. Mid-December is you know when usually when trade season opens up, and, and that's when uh, teams can trade players that were signed over the summer. So uh, Horford, when he gets back, and, and the rest of the crew – yeah, technically they do have time to figure out their roles in the glass, but they are going to have to make some massive internal improvements in that department, which, of course, I just do not see because I, I just, it's, just, it's almost surely going to have to be addressed with a move in season if this team expects to compete, which was kind of the plan this season. Uh, no one hates the, oh, they got to make a move. I have any ideas. No one hates that more than me. But as I said in the opening, it's very important to keep progressing as a franchise here. And I just... Do not see that happening this year unless this deficiency is shored up, throughout, hopefully sooner rather than later. And uh, I think it's twofold, too. I mean, we know the bench has kind of been a little bit of a letdown, and we expected it to, to be a little bit of a wild card, but it has not produced this year. And I think it's twofold in that, I mean, as we know, it's not really highlighted, and they got that production last night, but it's been messy. And one of the reasons for that, outside of the lack of scoring, is is that, you know, I've mentioned it a few times this, thus far now, no one really compliments each other enough. You know, if the Celtics are getting pounded on the, on the glass early, like, you know, use the Washington game, for example, use the second quarter or the Knicks game, for example, 
Brad's got no one to turn to. Uh, he's, 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 he's in a bind there. Um, so kind of leave it at that. Uh, I, I did not get to everyone I know, but so I, I, I'll do one more because um, this, this email is a little lengthy uh, and I took the time to sum it up. So I'm going to get it out there. We have a little, we have a few minutes to do so. This is from Tim Waterman. Tim states, and like I said, again, I'm going to paraphrase this and offer my take. Uh, Is it just me or is coaching a bigger issue than we believe thus far? How do you think Brad Stevens is doing this year? Oh, my goodness. Uh, We are now we we are now questioning Brad Stevens. Uh, You know, virtually once again, to be fair, virtually all these messages came in after the losses. And and yeah, they're all having these negative overtones. And and don't they all? I mean, you know, who in the hell is going to message me like, hey, LHR, you know, what a beautiful day. Nice win for the Celts last night. Hope you're well. Love, Tim. Uh, You know, you know, these are like psychiatry sessions. But, uh, you know, I, I think, yes, this was sent. Yeah, this was Thursday. So this is a day after the Washington game. And. And we saw that one play out the way it did. And Tim, I actually believe it's somewhat of a fair question, particularly with a day when you asked it when you did. You know, I'm always one never overreact. But, you know, staying on the rebounding because, you know, up until last night, it's been historically bad. And, and yes, this is a small team. And, and yes, this is a team that we expect to be a bad rebounding team. But let's, let, let's not bypass the fundamental aspect that no one's boxing out. And, and we can all see that. I mean, Tommy Heinsohn, it was it was him who made the point. During the Knicks game, uh, that you just have these green jerseys going for the ball and not controlling their space, and that unequivocally is a fundamental issue. It's also a discipline issue, and, and I've made this observation a few times this year. I know on my newsfeed podcast earlier this week with Chris Forsberg, uh, you know, search Celtics newsfeed on iTunes, Stitcher, CLNS Radio, mobile app if you haven't checked that out. But I was on with Chris, you know, middle of the week, and you know, this was done after the Washington game, that heinous thirty-four to eight first quarter. So much of it was the team lost much of their discipline, especially offensively. And, you know, this, you know, once again, I'll use the Wizards game as an example. There was just a lot of panicking going on, I thought, during during that game. You know, right out of the gate, the Celts fall behind on the scoreboard. They're getting dominated on the glass. The Wizards grab 70 of the first eight available rebounds. And offensively, a team that's actually been in the top five all year, I believe they're third this Sunday morning, offensively that game, they stopped moving the basketball. You see Isaiah just making these wild drives to the basket, trying to get anything and everything. And you'd have heard Brad, Brad must have said something after that game because you know, he alluded it uh, in a pregame interview with Abby Chin right before the Knicks game. And, and, and since then, the offense has looked uh, far more stable. But, you know, this is – you have to understand that it's just human nature. It's tough to maintain that patience – and composure when it feels like something is insurmountable. And, and, and I yes, I believe that that's been under the radar thus far is the lack of discipline at times during this season. Certainly last night, very good. But at times, and, you know, going back to the beginning of the week, the lack of effort uh, at times. They do have a couple no-shows already in the dock. They will have two wire-to-wire blowouts, which were very rare under Brad Stevens a few first few years. And God forbid that does fall a little bit back on coaching. So... I think I'll break it down real quick. You just can't criticize Stevens for his substitutions as I mean, the bench has just been real shaky at the beginning of the year. And maybe last night he found something uh, with, with James Young, and that would be a real help to get to get some shooting. And and God forbid, he just does not have anyone he can turn to right now to mitigate the lack of rebound. He's got no one there. But the actual coaching fundamentals, you know, maybe not that great. But you blame someone on staff, I don't know. But you're seeing, I think, at times – more than in prior years, the team loses composure more because, I mean, at least 
you get the sense when you watch it, it feels like there's an uphill battle when you're just getting whitewashed on the board. So, like I said, only human nature for, for player panic in that, in, in that aspect. But mentioned in the opening, I did thought it, it was much better last night. That, of course, they weren't getting pound on the boards as badly as they did in Washington. But earlier in the week, and, and maybe they've learned from it, some intangibles they have not been in, ingrained in the players at times. But it just shows how much this rebounding issue is having a trickle-down effect on, on the team. And even me, because, wow, um, this turned into the most—this was the most depressing. Uh, that was like tumbling down the mountain. That became—that was an avalanche. This became the most negative show we've done in a while. But uh, infinite apologies for making—being uh, a little overly negative. But you know what? We'll use that as a call to action. If you don't like the onslaught of negativity from listeners, participate. Uh, you know, maybe message some uh, positive takes or questions. So, yes, participate. Facebook, facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Twitter at CLNS underscore LHR. Email questions to me at LHRussell at CLNSradio.com. And speaking of this email, I mentioned at the beginning a, a, a contest, new contest. Here's what what we're going to do to there. First off, just a week to go before we give away our Pistons tickets, enter by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Celtics Beat on iTunes. But we got a new contest. Two tickets December 27th against the Memphis Grizzlies. So a perfect holiday gift in itself. This is a twofer. You get a watch for sure and possibly even a pair of Celtics tickets two days after Christmas. Here's how to enter. Purchase a movement watch using our promo code. So mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. You save the 15% with free shipping and free returns uh, on watches that start at $95 as is. Then you save the 15% on top of that. It's an incredible gift for the holidays or for yourself. Purchase a movement watch with our promo code mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. And email me the receipt. I see the receipt. You're in the contest. So this is a total win, win, win here. You're an incredible, you get this incredible, incredible, sleek, and sexy watch at a great price. Remember, starting at $95, and then you save 15% on top of that with the Celtics Beat code. That gives you free entry into the contest, and you support the show. So again, mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. Email me the receipt at lhrussell at clnsradio.com. Get a great watch. Free entry into a contest for Celtics tickets two days after Christmas. And you support the show. So, okay. Uh, also, before we uh, um, you talk about around the NBA 5, NBA in 5, I got that on the dock right now. That came right up. But before we do... Before we bring that one back from the dead, I do want to bang out some programming notes here. You just heard me reference a midweek podcast I did with Chris Forsberg. Yes, instant analysis throughout the course of the week on the Celtics. That's on the Celtics newsfeed channel. Again, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course the CLNS Radio mobile app. I do strongly, strongly suggest subscribing to Celtics newsfeed, folks. It's multiple quick hit podcasts released daily, anywhere between two to six minutes. You got the CLNS beat team providing daily news and notes, recaps after every Celtics game, instant breaking news if necessary, and of course the pregame shows, uh, which features reports and analysis from the opposing vantage point, an opposing coach, a, an executive, uh, team play-by-play broadcaster, beat reporter. That's on there. And again, this is all in real time. That's on Celtics Newsfeed, iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNS Radio mobile app. Just almost endless amounts of in-season coverage. Uh, CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Celtics 17-time world champions. So tomorrow's game day. Celtics are down in New Orleans. Uh, you, you just... 
just get a load of, of what's coming up on, on the CLNS Radio mobile app tomorrow. Started out workday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Celtic Stuff Live, John Duke, Justin Poulin. Midday on the news feed, five-minute news and notes report from Mike Walsh. 4 p.m. release, I'm hosting the Celtics Hornets pregame show with former Celtic and current Pelicans color commentator David Wesley. That's the Celtics pregame report on the news feed app. And, of course, after the game, per usual, live, clnsradio.com, the Celtics postgame show, and also streaming live on ESPN New Hampshire. Call on toll-free, 347-215-7771, 347-215-7771. That is all tomorrow and tomorrow alone. So, yes, thank you for your continued support, the audience, and the continued growing listenership. That is enabling us here at CLNS Radio to, uh, you know, really, if only the Celtics perimeter defense was this good. Uh, that's what we call covering every single square inch of the Boston Celtics. And you can all get it in the palm of your hands. Download the CLNS Radio mobile app now. All right, let's go to Around the NBA in 5. Last Wednesday, the Cleveland Cavaliers suffered their first loss of the season, 110-106 home loss at the hands of the Atlanta Hawks, who have been somewhat surprising thus far. Real quick on the Hawks, with playing some stellar defense being anchored by Dwight Howard. He was really giving them a lot of versatility on that end. Uh, guess they saw something there that a lot of us didn't, uh, but this is about Cleveland. Um, you know, while it was a home loss, they bounced back no sweat the next game on Friday, doing what the Celtics could not do, take care of the lowly Washington Wizards. LeBron James, youngest player in NBA history, did not 27,000 points. Said last week with Dave McMenamin on episode number 182, available on the archives, iTunes, Stitcher, CLS Radio Mobile app. Really looks like the Cavs' strategy is to just rip through the league here early on. They're starting their best lineup, which they didn't do last year. They're playing them. Uh, and in turn, that's leaving their bench a little thin, and that's not a team with great depth, uh, which maybe could hurt them down the line, as you'd like to think their primary goal for the season is just to have everyone healthy come playoff time or come deep into the playoffs, as as they pretty much did last year, Sanzimon Shumpert. But no doubt they're going to just run through the league here early at this early uh, point of the season as they have a little uh, you know, mojo carrying around from last year's championship. Get as many wins as possible in the bank before inevitably some complacency and even fatigue sets in, but... They're going to be, I think, so far separated from the Eastern Conference enough that, or at least, you know, there's hope where they can hold on to one of the top one and two seeds. Because, yeah, sure, Charlotte, they've surprised a bit here, and they got a big game at 3.30 today. That's them and the Cavs at the queue. But the Hornets, that's not a team that's going to threaten to win 55 or 60, which the Cavs should cruise to. Maybe Toronto, but, I mean, you know, it's just not imperative the Cavs get home court event against them. And, and this is... This is where Boston actually really let themselves down in that. Maybe they could, you know, have had that great regular season and, and get home court, which is what I anticipated against the Cavs team, that may not take the regular season too seriously. And, and yes, it's only been eight games, but it's not too hard for me to retract on that statement regarding the Celts. But the Cavs are rolling and should continue to roll here. And, and heed last week's guest, Mr. McMenamin's words, LeBron knows that championship. It's going to be very tough with Golden State as loaded as they are this year. But that fifth MVP for his legacy, man, that's there for the taking for him. It's him, Westbrook, and Harden. And those two guys, they're going to be on teams that are of no factor for the championship. So LeBron's overwhelming favorites to get that fifth MVP. And that's going to really put him in a pedestal of his own. All right, from the top of the conference to the bottom of the conference, Friday night, Philadelphia 76ers, they got their first one of the year, 109-105 victory at home against the Pacers in OT. And that was their first victory in November since 2013. 44 consecutive losses in a row for that, that month and also October as well. But they're on the board, not just this year, but the last few. 
Keyed by 25-7 and seven from the process, but but God, is that roster a mess, though? I mean, besides the process, the process, and Mr. The Process himself, the actual hinky process itself of just racking up those draft picks. Nerlens Noel, uh, he's nursing a knee injury still. Jalil Okafor, he's been in and out of the lineup with issues of his own. He's had minimal production uh, this, this year. If, uh, you know, was a guy who was number two pick in the draft. All these ultra-high-end draft picks and you know, all the seasons that they just tossed away by that organization since the turn of the decade, which, uh, quick reminder, that was a long time ago. That has not yielded one player that can actually say, um, you know, yeah, he's going to be a major piece for that organization and, and really carry them to, to a lot of winning one day. There's not one after just throwing away season after season. And all these guys... You know, they've shown some flashes, but they're all rolls of the dice at best at this point, including Mr. 6 for 18 from uh, the field for a 7-footer, the process. As I've always actually been saying, uh, you know, if the CIA wants to utilize torture, forget waterboarding. Just force these ISIS captives uh, into becoming Sixers fans. They will confess to anything uh, of what's continuing to going on down there. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, earlier in the week... Um, you know, Mark Cuban revoked credentials for uh, noted ESPN staffers for Mark Stein and Tim McMahon. Friday, a resolution was reached to restore credentials to said staffers. Listen, I am no fan of Mark Cuban, but uh, sometimes ends justify the means. And I liked his reasoning for doing it. I mean, trying to get more coverage for his team, even even if they, uh, they have slipped in the Western Conference pecking order since winning the title back uh, five, six years ago now. A lot of these mega corporations, these big media corporations with three or four letters, they're cutting costs everywhere, and, and journalists who don't exactly rake it in as is, they're the first to take the hit, while media execs, they, they just worry solely about the bottom line and the bottom line only. So I actually give Cuba a lot of credit for here for making a stand, and uh, even though you know he was going up against an outlet that already doesn't give him the best press as is, I mean, it's of my belief that he certainly did the right thing here. And in the days since, it's been resolved. So uh, that's great to see. Very, really is. Uh, but that is it. That's Around the NBA in 5 for today, November 13th. Welcome back, Around the NBA in 5. It has been a while. It's been a long time. I can't even remember the last time we did this segment. Um, but before we go, one last programming note. It is Sunday, NFL Sunday, game of the year for the New England Patriots tonight. Super Bowl 49 rematch on Sunday Night Football. Uh, 8.30 kickoff, CLNS Radio Patriots postgame, as always, goes live immediately after the game on www.clnsradio.com. On demand, take a wild guess where, I mean, where it's available on demand. You know, mobile app. Uh, join the discussion. Call in 929-477-2386. That is 929-477-2386 after tonight's Patriots game. That's tonight. And uh, that's actually, that's that. That's that. Episode number 183, Cue It Up, Hawk Harrelson. You can put it on the board. Music for this show was provided by Will Rock, Chuck Dietz, and Steph LeGratteau. Be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at Celtics underscore beat. And I am at CLNS underscore LHR. You can like Celtics Beat on CLNS Radio on Facebook to keep up with the show. Facebook.com slash Celtics Beat. Also, Google Plus Celtics Beat on CLNS. like to thank our guest today, this morning, Isaiah Thomas of NBA TV. As well as our sponsors, Indochino mentioned Celtics at 85 Newberry Street for 50% off your first suit. Movement watches, mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics for 15% off your first watch with free shipping and free returns. And Audible, audible.com slash try now for a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial period for making this all possible. 
Big thanks to our audience for making this show the number one podcast on the web dedicated to the NBA's winningest franchise one more time. Subscribe, rate, and review Celtics Beat on iTunes for free entry to win two tickets to see the Celtics take on the Pistons November 30th in Boston. For our staff writer, Eddie Santiago, founder of the network, Nick Gelso, and myself, executive producer and host, I'm Larry H. Russell. See you next Sunday for another edition of Celtics Beat, powered by CLNS Radio. Your face is fair.